We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through his word, he expresses his plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Moody. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. Welcome to church, everybody. Um, if you haven't gotten to say Happy New Year to somebody, you might still want to say that. Um, the year is already looking good on you, isn't it? You know, you're looking, you're looking good this morning. You can tell somebody something like that. Fantastic. Um, we're going to read a scripture before we all sit. If you're online, I want you to stand with us. Honor God. Proverbs and chapter 14. I'm going to read the fourth verse. And then I have something to share with you this morning that I believe the Holy Spirit is going to make real um, to you this morning. Team, thank you. Can you help me thank the worship team? Proverbs 14 and the fourth verse. We're going to read this together. Um, then I'll read it to you in the Passion Translation and then I'll get into preaching this morning. Proverbs 14 and verse 4. Everybody, one, two, three, go. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Let's check it out in the Passion Translation um, this morning. It says the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. All right. I'm looking at somebody around you this morning. Say, are you ready to clean up a little? Are you ready to clean up? You're going to have a mess or two to clean up? Tell somebody you're going to, you're going to have a mess or two to clean up. You can be seated this morning. Let's get into God's word. So we are on week two of Focus Series. Um, Bamshe started us last week and what a word. And what we're doing over these four weeks is really just trying to set a tone. How should we be thinking through the year? You know, what's the heart of God for us? Just setting a tone um, for all that God um, has in mind for us. Can you drop my time by like five minutes, please? Um, and this morning, I want to speak to you on what I would just title very simply. How it seems isn't always how it is. How... How it seems isn't always how it is. Can we just say that together? How it seems isn't always how it is. Figure out your neighbor if you're in the building. Look at somebody next to you and kind of say with an attitude. How it seems isn't always how it is. Put on like some, some attitude. All right. Fantastic. So let me, let me just start out this one. I want to share with you a list of things that outrightly will affect my opinion of you you know how i regard you um or let me put it this way things that would outrightly affect you know my rating of you how i rate you you know so i'll just give you a quick list number one you pick on ripe plantain over ripe plantain i don't rate you you know and by that when i say ripe plantain let's define words ripe plantain is i mean plantain that is to be fried okay it's plantain that you actually are in that argument is it rotten is it not is it rotten then you convince yourself it's not rotten that you fry it that's good plantain yeah anybody fantastic if you prefer unripe plantain and unripe can be you know anything outside of that is unripe basically okay i mean we've had scenarios in my house where my wife has uh, ashamed to say but i've picked out plantain she threw in the dustbin to go and fry that's that's when it's really ripe okay second thing that affects my rating of you if you think ui is a better school than oau i don't rate you fantastic um thirdly if you nag 
um, or have like this annoying sense of entitlement if you nag. Basically, and sometimes I'm always trying to tell ladies, you know, so people are telling you, that's how I am. I nag. I'm the nagging type. And I'm yet to meet a guy who is like, God, I'm just believing you for a life partner. Please, God, let her nag. You know, I'm, I'm yet to meet, okay? So I, I just basically don't rate you. Number four, if you're an Arsenal fan, I don't rate you. Um, it affects your rating in my opinion. <laughs> um, number five, if, you know, on pictures and you're commenting on Instagram and pictures and stuff like that or statuses, and you're writing things like, I feel like eating you, you know, I don't rate you. You're carnivorous. That's, um, um, I don't rate you. Number six, if you pick basketball over lawn tennis, I don't rate you. You know, every, I'm, I'm, and you know, I was telling someone yesterday, I said, do you play tennis? He said, yes. He said, you play table tennis. I'm like, no, stop that. Lawn tennis, I mean, lawn tennis is tennis. Table tennis is just children, you know. Long tennis is tennis. If you prefer basketball to table tennis, and then if you are a basketballer, this is the other part that I don't rate you. If you are a basketballer and you have that annoying attitude basketballers have, I, I don't know where they get it. Basketballers and attitude, it just ticks me off, okay? Um, but talking about basketball, I don't rate you if you can lie. Like some people can just lie. You know, I, I told some guys the story of when I was in secondary school, I legit had this senior who could just lie. He was known for lying. So at some point, he had told everybody he has a basketball court at home, like, ah, I shoot at home, I have a b-ball court, blah, blah. So, so one day, some guys went to his house, and then there was no b-ball court. They didn't say anything. They came to school the next day, and they're like, guy, you said you have a b-ball court at home. The guy's like, yes, thieves. <laughs> then he kept quiet. They're like, no, finish that sentence. Thieves did, thieves did what? Anyway, <laughs> I mean, the guy got a beating that day. <laughs> you know. All right. Um, okay, next that is this blessing anybody this way <laughs> next thing that would affect your rating is your choice of meat so if your choice of meat goes beyond things like chicken turkey beef we can accommodate some types of fish um but if your if your meat choice goes beyond that i don't rate you um snail uh, uh, rabbit uh, rat lizard Dog, <laughs> you know, I, I don't rate you, okay? Um, <laughs> I mean, people, people eat snake meat. I'm like, we can't be friends. We can't, you know. But, but I legit had a friend in primary two. It was my best friend in primary two. Um, he's late now, and I should be careful about, you know, <laughs> saying but, but But this was, because I remember it, and I'm like, guy, you know. So he basically told us that he was traveling with his family. And this is me. I believed it as a primary child. He was traveling with his family. And then his dad drove over a snake. And they now came down and said, hi, it's a snake. So they took it. They put it on the engine of the car, which was hot. He cooked it and they all ate it. You know. Bless you, bro. I love you. <laughs> you know. Um, and, and, and there was a time in my life, I remember being in, in Kano Law School. And, you know, food options were very scarce. Uh, so I don't eat dog meat. Let me just say that. I don't eat dog meat. But I can't promise I've never eaten it because, you know, food options that were to eat were very scarce. And there was this particular Calabar guy. He used to, his meat, his food was, his, his meat was big. But what we noticed was that he used to have many dogs running around. Don't let me finish the story. But the dogs seemed to be reducing. And his meat was cheap, so I, <laughs> I stopped, but before I, st before I realized, I, I, I just don't know what had happened, basically. Um, okay, N next thing that would affect your rating, in my opinion, is if you pick how it seems over how it is. 
how it seems over how it is. Have you ever had this how it seems moment? Like, it seems one way, but you found out that, man, that was not actually the reality of what it is, you know. So sometimes, you know, how it seems is what makes you be looking at Instagram, and after 10 minutes, you just feel depressed. You feel like your own life is useless. You have not made progress in 10 years. That's all how it seems, okay? Um, everybody's happy except you. How it seems versus how it is, you know. How it seems um, will make you even break a relationship, you know, because network was bad, and you were expecting something now, and it didn't come. So you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm out of here, you know. Only to realize, man, it was just MTN. It was, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned network. It was just, it was just a network situation, okay? Um, how it seems will make you think God has left you, has abandoned you because of, you know, a mistake you made. How it seems would make you think I'm alone, that God has given up on me because I made a mistake or because of a season that I'm in. But far be it from God. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So there is how it is, there is how it seems, Okay, how it seems will make you think it's over, you know. And, and some of you can relate to this. You were in primary three, you failed a math test, you know. And then you were crying that day because you were convinced that your future is over, you know. Or, okay, maybe primary six, you know. You just thought, this is the end of my life. That's how it seemed, right? But how it is is that who cares, you know, really. Um, all right, how it seems is that Elijah, Elijah is crying out to God. And Elijah, basically, in, in your language, is saying to God that, God, people went normal for Israel, no rich five, you know. And then God tells him, no, I've kept 7,000 for myself that have not bowed to bow. How it seems is I'm alone, okay, but how it is, okay? So, so you, we, we cannot relate to the how it seems, right? Can you? Can anybody? Okay. Only like five people in church here. How it seems versus how it is. Some of you, you're like, how it seems. That's the story of my marriage. <laughs> how it seemed versus how it is. Anyway, but, but, but let's, let's just travel this journey together, okay? How it seems sometimes is that I'm the brokest person ever. You know, the brokest person ever. You know, um, maybe, maybe for you, Seth, the conversation is like, you know, anger towards your parents. You know, my parents don't give me anything. And then, they're like, but we give you an allowance. Like, is that something? Nothing. My parents don't give me anything. They are heartless. They don't understand the needs. And, and, and you know, it's annoying because you're like, they are earning so much. I can't wait to leave school and, you know, just be able to be earning for my, like, my parents are wicked and heartless. You know, they are stingy. And then you're hearing things like NYC is even paying that something thousand. You're like, that's it. I can't wait to, you know, to just, that's it. You know, my friend. You know, then you leave. You start NYC. You collect it. You didn't know that house rent is not, you didn't, you know. So you now start to realize, ah, that was how it seemed. You know, how many of you have, have come to the point where you believe adult life is a scam? You know. <laughs> okay, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. All right. Um, then you basically start to realize that, man, I used to think I was broke, but, you know, those were the good old days, Lord. <laughs> how it seems is not always how it is. Help me look at somebody again with an attitude and say, how it seems is not always how it is. I remember how it seemed for me when my daughter was growing up, um, and she was like, I think she was about nine months, and I got to that point where I started to feel like a very useless dad, you know, so there's this thing of, you know, a child starting to grow up and then the child starting to have like, you know, um, consciousness about parents. So the child, so my daughter was basically on a lot of mommy, mommy, mommy. Everything was basically mommy. I started to feel like I'm useless. Like, 
Like, wasn't I there? Where have I lost it in fatherhood? Like, everything is mommy, 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 mommy. Those are like, you watch everything. She wants something, mommy. She's crying, mommy, 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 mommy. Ah! And I remember I used to start to have to encourage myself with the Lord and say, you know what, we're going to earn her heart in the future. You know, it's basically in that, like, I'm useless moment, you know, until a weekend that my wife traveled. And I was alone with her through the weekend for um, about two, three days. And then I realized that the expression mommy was an expression like caretaker. You know, it wasn't attached to... So I became mommy. So I said, oh, come on, come on, come on. I mean, I just realized then that mommy is both of us. You understand? So how it seems is not always how it is, okay? Um, how it seems will make you judge people that you don't even know the backstory of their lives. You don't know the backstory of what they're, you know, doing, putting in effort about. That's how it seems. Um, sometimes I see people taking steps in a Jesus direction, you know, and, and you feel like, oh, no, they're... And, and I'm always quick to say, you know what? Direction is more important than situation, people. Direction is more important than situation. I had a conversation with someone during the week, and I was telling him, you know what? Don't ever forget this. Direction is more important than situation. You might right now be in a messed up situation. You might right now even feel I'm hardly making my walk with God work and all of that. Friends, the bigger question is not the situation. The bigger question is the direction. If I give this direction a little more time, where are we going to be? You know, and for some of you, you know, you are always in church. You know, you've, you're used to everything and all of that. And you don't realize that your situation still looks okay, but you're in the wrong direction. And I'll tell you the truth, the direction is always more important um, than situation. Um, Jensen Franklin used to say, and I, I would never forget this, Jensen Franklin used to say about how that I would rather, and, and honestly, for how many years of pastoring now, I would also rather, I can say those words, I would rather somebody who is, you know, battling an addiction, maybe, you know, comes to the door of church smoking crack, drops it to come into service, but is hungry for God, is longing for God to do something. Somebody who is, is in the middle of a struggle, but is in desire for God. I would rather that person than someone that has been working with God for 100 years and can no longer be moved, is paralyzed with analysis, you know. Uh, it, nothing freaks, nothing moves you again. With the songs they are singing, you're analyzing, you know. Nothing touches your heart again. I would rather, I would rather a fool on fire than a scholar on ice. I would rather somebody who still has a hunger of, of that day when I met Jesus, of that day when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I would rather somebody that still has that vibe and passion. I'd rather somebody that would show up with a hunger and a passion that say, God, do something. What a miracle. You know, we started out with, maybe for you, started out with many are called and few are chosen. Now your story is many are cold, few are frozen. And you are one of them. You know, you've lost your vibe. You've lost your hunger. Do you still believe in every word from God? Do you still believe that a word from God is all it takes? Do you still believe it? Are you still hungry about it? Like, God, speak a word to me. Or is it just another of those Sundays? We've had very many, you know. Is it just another of those? But do you still believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? When we get into atmospheres of worship and of Christian community, do you still believe in what God does in these moments? When last did you worship louder than your worries? When last did you praise louder when last was your praise a louder voice over your life when last was it more than just a moment in the service when last was it that you know in the midst of all that you were battling and when last did you shout louder than a fear 
When last did you raise a voice of praise over that voice of the devil in your mind? When last did you say this is a God moment? When last did you say this is a rare opportunity from God? I get to be in the house of God. I get to read God's word. I get to pray to God. When last did you value it as you should? And I just want to say this morning that I pray we won't be those kind of people who, you know, just lost that touch, that that spark of what it means to you remember the first day you walked into church you remember you remember how you came and you're just like wow like i'm just excited like church you know and then they told you it's service and then you're like when when is service and you're like it's ended too soon like can we just go on in the presence of god service is too short john and then you're like is there service tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> like no till next Sunday. oh god you are like, what the, you know, why can't we just gather tomorrow? And here you are now, feeling like, ah, time is going. There's so much on my mind. You know, have we lost our vibe? Have we lost our vibe? Let me look at somebody next to you and say, have you lost your vibe? Have you lost your vibe? <laughs> how it seems, it's not always how it is. How it seems will make you despise godly discipline and turn your back on God. Um, you, you turn your back on godly training and the processes God walks you through because of the pain you feel in it. How it seems will make you feel like this is just pain. Look at Hebrews 12 and verse 11. I, I'm going somewhere this morning. Please stay with me. Hebrews 12 and verse 11. It says, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the, for the present, but painful. So, so look how it seems. It seems painful. It seems unjoyful. It, uh, no, unjo- it seems sorrowful. <laughs> It seems, you know, painful. That's how it seems. But it says, nevertheless. Somebody say, nevertheless. Come on, talk to me in the room. Say, nevertheless. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let me say again this morning. Look at somebody again and say, how it seems is not how it is. So, so, so we can be in that conversation and we're walking through God's process and we, it seems like it's not joyful. It seems like it's painful. It seems like it's not something to be excited about. But how it is, is that it's bringing out a fruit in our lives. The peaceable fruit of righteousness as God trains us in it. How it seems is not always how it is. How it seems is that we're walking by the street and, and in Matthew 7, Jesus tells a story of two men that built their houses, one on the rock, one on the sand. How it seems is that two men have built houses. How it seems is that two people have, and for all you care, for all you care, friends, as I read through that story, you know, uh, um, just, just before the rain, uh, because the Bible says the rain came, the flood came, and the wind came. Just before the rain, just before the flood, just before the wind, how it seemed is that two men have built their houses. Uh, and I promise you how it seems is that the guy who built on the sand has built something better. Because when the guy building on the rock was digging, the guy building on the sand was just going up. And so he probably had a bigger, bigger building. He probably had more time, more investment. How it seemed before the rain. How it seemed before the flood. How it seemed before the winds of life. How it seems is that there's no marked advantage for going God's way. How it seems is like we're all just the same. Everybody is just doing what they want to do and everybody is doing well. How it seems is that you can build your life anyhow and it really doesn't matter. How it seems before the rain and the flood is that all these things of, you know, building on the rock and on the authority of God. How it seems is that it's not a big deal. Um, every passerby would say, every, every passerby would say, you know, no, look at it. Two houses are standing. Two houses are standing. That's how it seems. 
Um, but, but what I'm saying to you, friends, is that how it seems is not how it is. Uh, because in just a little time, the rains will come and the floods will come and the winds will come. There is a difference between building my life upon God's authority and just building my life. There's a difference. Time will tell. There's a difference between the foundations of honoring God and putting God first. There's a difference and time will tell. There's a difference between getting rich by my scheming and getting rich by honoring God and time will tell. L- listen, when I, do things like, when I do things like putting God first and tithing, let me explain something to you. I was thinking about this this morning. Let me explain this to you. When I, when I tithe, and God is increasing me, okay? Let me explain what's happening to you. It's not just a matter of an exchange that I gave God five and God blessed me with 500. That's, that's not even the conversation. The conversation is that God is training me upwards. The conversation is that I'm learning what it means to not be ruled by finance. So I'm saying, God, the first of everything you give me, I'm giving to you. I'm learning what it means to be structured. I'm learning what it means to be disciplined. You ask me, how much did you make? You don't even know. I'm learning what it means to say, this is what I made, and this is what I'm giving to God. God is training me upwards. There's a difference between something that goes up and something that grows up. Anything that goes up will come down. Whatever grows up will stay up. When I increase by honoring God, increase by putting God first, increase by the discipline of the training of God's house, increase by loving the house of God, then any increase I come to will be an increase of loving the house of God. Not an increase that will sweep me off. I don't just want a building, friends. I want a building on the rock. I don't just want my life to look big. I want it to be established on the rock of godly principles. It's a difference between amassing and amassing the right way. The goal of life, I told you, I preached it last year. The goal is not to be rich. Maybe you didn't hear. Some of you didn't hear. The goal is not to be rich. The goal is not to be rich. If you came to church this morning for a word about... I just, I just, I just, I just, I just want to be rich. I just want to be rich. The goal is to find God's purpose for our lives. Riches are an expression um, that God blesses us with, within the capacity we can carry. Why would I give my daughter what she cannot carry? I'm not a wicked father. Okay, digression, all right? How it seems is not always how it is, okay? Are you still here? Fantastic. Um... There's a difference between a rising and a rising by obedience. There's a difference. And time will tell how it is. How it seems is not always how it is. Does it happen to you that sometimes it seems like maybe you meet an old friend and, you know, they just look at you and they're like, guy, you're looking fresh now. How you they do have? You know, that's how it seems. <laughs> it's not always how it is, you know. And maybe coincidentally, you know, they just saw you coming down. Maybe you just came down from, um, they didn't realize it was boots. What happened was that you and four other people in your area uh, paid together. You are even the one that didn't pay, the others paid. But because you are the last to drop, and, and, and it was, you know, some days you are lucky with boots. It's a fine one. Some days, you know, the glasses are tinted. And you get, like, God, you even have a personal driver. <laughs> how it seems. <laughs> it's not always how it is, you know. And, when I'm reading, we read Proverbs 14 for this morning. And I think for me, this is a classic example of how it seems versus how it is. Because in Proverbs 4, 14, 4, the Bible says that where there are no oxen, the trough is clean. But it says much increase comes by the strength of an ox. And, and this is a typical setup, a typical Bible setup of, you know what, there's going to be a life. There's going to be a life where you have oxen, 
to deal with, oxen in the trough, oxen to deal with, and it says the oxen is going to come with a lot of messing up. Um, and so where there's no oxen, the trough is going to be clean because it's the oxen that are going to dirty the trough. The oxen are going to shit, they're going to mess up, like Passion Translation says, you're going to have a mess or two to clean up. There's going to be all of that kind of stuff where oxen are. But on the other hand, we can have a trough and we say, you know what, we don't want oxen. Let's keep it clean. We don't want oxen. And that's fine. And the Bible says in that other one, what we also need to realize is that there is much increase that we're also not going to get. Did you get that? Is that simple enough? So there is much increase that the oxen bring, but we also have to realize that the oxen also come with a mess or two that we have to clean. Um, and so there's this conversation of how it seems versus how it is. How it seems many times, if we'll be honest, is that we're just cleaning the mess up of the oxen. How it seems is that we just seem to have a dirty trough. How it seems is that there's all these things we're dealing with and everybody else is not dealing with. Everybody else has their trough clean. Why do I have all this pressure and tension and all of that to face? Everybody else has it better. Um, how it seems sometimes is that we're just on this journey of who sent us. Why do I have to deal with all this ox shit and, and what have you? But, but what it is is that much increase comes by the strength of the ox. What it is, is that the pathway to the blessing is a pathway that goes through the ox. What it actually is, is that there is no way we would come into the much increase, and think about that in every regard, the much increase of God's plans and God's purpose and of destiny and of, and of, and of, God's, of God's plans and the weight of heaven over your life. There's no way you would come into it without going past the strength of the ox. It says much increase comes by the strength of the ox. And so, what I want to show you this morning is that the much increase of God's purpose and of vision um, and of fulfillment and of a fuller life, of a 2021 that will be that kind of year that at the end of it, you look back and you're like, wow, this was that kind of year. What I'm trying to show you this morning is that the much increase of that kind of life will come along with the involvement of the ox. Uh, we, 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 we can say we want a clean trough, we want a clean trough, but if we pick a clean trough, we have to know that we are sending away the much increase that comes from the ox. So, so I have three simple things to tell you this morning that I hope would help you. As you think about 2021, as you think about building your life and setting it up, I have three things to just say to you. Number one, I want to encourage you with all my heart, everybody, don't idolize neatness. Don't idolize neatness or you can say don't overrate neatness don't overrate neatness don't idolize cleanliness don't don't overrate it the goal is not cleanliness of my trough the goal uh, uh, let, me, let me say that again the goal is not cleanliness of my trough maybe you're sitting there you're like yeah I just got the word I need. Don't overrate neatness, you know, because you are thinking about your bed is, you know, where you left home and all of that. Listen to me. Number one, the goal is not cleanliness. On the flip side, the goal is not the mess up. It's not the dirt. The goal is the vision. The goal is functionality. The goal is to say, we need much increase. How is it going to come? That's the goal. Um, and so, you know, my, my wife always has this thing she'll say to me about, sometimes my wife walks into my office and then 
say my table is scattered, basically. Scattered table does not mean you're working. You know? you know how you can just scatter table and, you know, oh, man, there's just so much I'm doing. You know? Or, or, or this, is, this is a more relevant example for many young people. You go out, you know, and then you, there's this hype thing. Like, when you come back like, at night, somebody calls you and like, man, I'm just getting back since morning. The goal is not business. The goal is functionality. The goal is not to be able to, in fact, ah, oh, no, 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 in fact, listen, the goal is functionality. It's not business. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not idleness. It's not business. It's functionality. The goal is not the cleanliness. The goal is not the dirt. The goal is functionality. The goal is vision. Increase comes by the strength of the ox. And what that means is that if we're going to get the strength of the ox, then there's going to be dirt from the ox. That's what we need to know. I want to say that as Christians so often and as I walk through the scripture, I see how we rate things and we rate neatness, for example. In Luke and chapter 5, the Bible says of how Jesus came and in verse 2, the Bible says Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake. Look at this. The fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. This is what we do. We are holding the nets and washing them as though the goal is to have clean nets. But the goal of nets is to be catching fish and not to, not to have them washed and hung up. And so Jesus comes and, and the Bible says, Jesus began to say in verse 4, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You should understand part of Simon's hesitation. Simon now says, ah, master, we have told all night. The point really in Simon's mind is that we have washed the nets. Why would I dirty it again? I've washed the net. The goal is not for you to say, I've ended the day with clean net. The goal is to say there is an increase that God can bring into my life. And the Bible says, he said, nevertheless at your word, nevertheless at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. I am glad to see my net breaking if I'm finding the increase God brought. I'm glad to see the net I was washing breaking. I'm glad to have to be dealing with things I didn't even plan for. These are new problems in their story. But this is how the increase comes that God is bringing our lives into and how many of us are sitting down with our nets washed? Let me show you another one in Mark chapter 1 verse 19. The Bible says, when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James and John, his brother. And they were in the boat mending their nets. Did you see that again? Mending their nets. Mending their nets. We're washing our nets, mending our nets. As though that's the goal. And then Jesus says, in verse 20, Jesus says, follow me. And they left. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hard servant and they went after him. So I read this, I just felt that this is the life I want. How many of us have engaged our lives in what we're trying to make happen, mending our nets, building a reputation, trying to think about what the world is mending our nets, just, just in this whole thing of how it seems, how it seems. And, and Jesus is calling us to follow him. Friends, this is how I want to end this year. I want to end this year with a story of I followed Jesus. I don't want to end this year with a story of my nets were never hurt, they were never messed up, my net. I want it to be a story of I followed Jesus. I walked on water where I needed to. I walked on dry land where I needed to. I followed Jesus on mountains and valleys. I want this year to be a story of I sense the call of God and my life waking up every day is and I'm following Jesus. I don't care if the nets get broken. I don't care if the nets get dirty. I don't care about reputation. I don't care about what they call me. I don't care about the dirt and the ox drop. What I know is that I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the story of a Christian. They were mending their nets, mending their nets. How many of us are mending our nets? Try, try, trying to build it for ourselves. Trying to make it happen for ourselves. <sighs> Do you know how many times we lose out on following Jesus and his plan for our lives? 
because we are trying to mend our nets. We're all over whether our nets are neat. What it seems is not what it is. That you have a neat net does not mean you are making progress in life. Did you hear what I just said? What it seems, let me look at somebody again. Say, what it seems is not what it is. That there is no trouble around your life does not mean you are making progress. Be mending nets, be washing nets. Following Jesus may break your nets, but it's a good brokenness. It's a brokenness of the blessing. Are you hearing me this morning? What it seems is not always what it is. I had a friend on campus that would tell me, he doesn't go to church, he doesn't do all that kind of stuff. He'll tell me that, you know, now people where they overdo the old God, now then Satan, they attack. So he would just stay. he say, the way I was brought up, don't trouble Satan, Satan will not trouble you. So he feels he has a peaceful life. What it seems is not what it is. There are people Satan is frying in hot oil. There are people Satan doesn't even need to waste hot oil on. You have, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, do you get what I just said? He doesn't even need to waste it. Sit down in your deception. What it seems it's not always what it is. Um, I don't want a life of holding net, losing out on functionality because I think the goal is a clean net. This year, I want to encourage you, don't be a slave to how it seems. Don't be a slave to how it seems. We need the increase. Don't be put off by the ox dirt. Don't be a slave to how it seems. Don't. Somebody say that to somebody around. Please help me preach this morning. I, I need somebody to get this. Don't be a slave to how it seems. When we start search tomorrow, and maybe you are feeling hungry when you start fasting, and somebody tells me, you know the reason why I don't fast? When, when I fast, I feel hungry. I'm like, of course. That's the point. That's the point. Maybe, maybe you feel like I'm having a headache. Yeah. Maybe you feel like I'm, I'm even feeling less productive. Yes, that's the point. I'm feeling, I, I can hardly even, um, that's the point. That's the point. That's why you're fasting. That is it. <laughs> Don't be a slave to how it seems. Don't allow how it seems to rule your life. Waiting on God and dedicating these moments to put God first is what it really is. We are putting God first. We are saying, if there's a story of my life, God is priority. Ah, God hears those words and he says, you said I am priority. I'm like, yes, God, if there's a story of what I'm doing, if there's a story of 2021, it starts from God. It can't start from my hustling. It starts, I'm putting God first. Will it be convenient? Of course it will not be convenient. So, so, so spare me the details of it's not convenient. Of course it's not convenient. It's not convenient. Is there anybody that fasting for the next 21 days is convenient for? Raise up your hand. Let me even just know how. Is there anybody? Of course it's not convenient. But this story of what it is, this story of much increase, this story of I'm positioning myself for the best year ever. I'm positioning myself. I'm putting God first. I'm setting my innermost being, my what you call your spirit. I'm setting it in a posture, in a position for God to do. You know, we get clogged. You know, there's so much happening in the world. There's, 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 there's news. There's invasion. There's blah, blah, blah. There's, there's all of that happening around my mind. 
But I need a year that is going to be lived out of the power of what God can do in my spirit. I need a year that is going to be lived out of the power of something God happening deep within me. Not just what's around me. No, no, no. I need something more than the economy. I need something more than the government. I need something more than my geography. I need something more than where I am. I need something more than what my job can give me. I need something that only God can do in my spirit. That's what I'm hungry for. I need that kind of miracle of the presence of God. Of a word from God. I need a vision that is more than anything on the template. I need a vision that can only come from God. I need a sense of direction for my life that only God can give. Nothing can give it, friends. I need a sense of direction that only... When, when you're walking with Jesus and, and you say, Master, how are we going to pay the tax? It's finished. And, and Jesus says, calm down, walk with me, walk with me. And, and you say, Jesus, but there's no money anywhere. And he says, open the mouth of a fish and bring it out. That's the kind of leading and direction I need this year. I need things that are more than economy. I don't know which bank printed those notes. I don't know where they got it from. I know that God still works miracles. I know that there is still the touch of heaven upon the human spirit that can spark us into more than we are in ourselves i need strength that is more than what i can amass in myself friends the days are long the journey is long i don't want to be one of those people that start out with new year ginger new year ginger and then by february it is new year garlic i want to be one of those people that would stay the course run the come on are you hearing me this morning run the direction stay strong we are not of them that draw back to perdition we believe to the saving of the soul therefore we do not throw away our confidence because it has a great reward i want to be holding my confidence and my posture of devotion and of faith i want to be holding it all through the year and it is not going to come by human strength it is not going to come by determination how many times have you determined yourself think about it all the times you said from today never again think about every december 31 that you said oh yeah now this is my year think about it it doesn't change anything determination will not change the story You've tried it yourself. You've promised yourself. See, I've gone as far. I've told you before. I've gone as far as cutting my blood and putting it on my Bible and telling God from today, if I ever again kill me, cut blood, I put it on my Bible. I say, I've made covenant with God. Huh? It's a lie. Determination will not change it. I need something that only God can give. I need a grace that is greater than my failures, than my weaknesses. I need a grace that is greater than my abilities. I need a grace from heaven. I still believe that we can live as heavenly people on the earth. I still believe that we can live in the power of heaven on the earth. I still believe. And listen, you can choose to say, you know what? I want a clean trough. I'm not in all those kind of things. I'm praying, praying. If you're a Christian and you don't pray, you are praying. Pray for Satan. I don't, I don't, I'm not the kind of, listen, it's not about being the kind of, it's not about being the kind of, I, I'm, I'm still here to meet, where, where, okay, how many of you here are the spiritual kind? You are the spiritual type. Let me see, where are you? I don't know anybody who was born and they said, oh yeah, this was spiritual, move to that side. This, I don't know anybody. And if it's a big deal to you, you really want to be the spiritual type, I can help you, let me help you. You know what you do? When you're coming to church, go and buy you a new Bible, okay? Buy a new Bible. Open the pages, just buy marker, red, yellow, any color, and just be opening pages and just be coloring. Just color, color, color. Different pages, just randomly color. Even if you color, Judas went and hung himself, just color. When they ask you, just tell them, yes, he hung it, he ministered to me. Just color, color, color. Then when you are coming to church, let me show you what you do. You put your Bible under your arm. Don't talk much. I'm teaching you to be spiritual. Don't talk much. Keep a straight face. Nothing is funny. Don't walk fast. Walk slowly. Then every here and then, stop and remember something. 
All you may be remembering is the food you ate yesterday, but just... That's like an Akisho, just collect it. Friends, that's my tip on how to be spiritual in two minutes. Two minutes. But for every other one of us who maybe spirituality is not your own gift. Huh? Um, it's not about a form. It's about a hunger. A desire. I need God. I need God. When I wake up to pray, it's not, are you the prayerful type? It's just that I pray because I need God. Something gets me up and says, God, I need you today. God, I can't do today by my own strength. I am already praying and I am prayerful. I open my Bible to read and I start to read and honestly, I sleep off reading my Bible. I'm sorry if that disappoints you. I sleep off. But what's more important to me is that when I wake up, I continue reading. That's, that's what matters more to me. That's what matters more to me. I need that kind of year, friends. How it seems is not how it is. We can make the goal of our conversation neatness. Oh, my, net, my nets are clean. Bro, sis, my, I have clean nets. How are you today? God has been good. Clean nets. You, you, you know how you even make your Christian conversation full of clean nets? The goal of Christian conversation is not clean nets. The goal, I tell you all the time, a Christian conversation is not a conversation full of Christian grammar. A Christian conversation is a conversation that implicates the Christian God to work. That's what I believe. All your conversation, how I say that, has just been strong. It's fine. But God is not tripped over by uh, the technicality. So, yeah, come, let's be monitoring their conversation. This one said is, ah, we are marking. The goal of a Christian conversation is to make God work. James chapter 5 verse 16 look at this it says James 5 and verse 16 give it to me GNV acknowledge your faults one to another and pray one for another do we still believe in this friends the goal of accountability is not just information it's not acknowledging your faults to one another full stop no the goal of accountability is to help one another the goal of accountability is to implicate God in our life. Acknowledge your faults one to another and then pray one for another. This is how Christians live. Do you know what a conversation of acknowledging your faults might look like? So you come on your life group discussion today and they say, what was your highlight in service? In fact, I learned that God is good. No, you didn't learn that. You learned that God picked you out. You are thinking of compromising. You are th- God picked you out. Be honest about it. Acknowledge your faults one to another and pray for one another. That you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If it be fervent. I still believe that God moves. I still believe that we can, we can make the goal of our conversations. Not just about how we feel about each other and blah blah blah. We can make the goal of our conversations about real Christian help. We can make it not about cleanness and you know we're just trying to look the part. No. I believe that we need to be authentic again. We need to find that God moves in this atmosphere of, of even a dirty trough. A dirty trough. A dirty trough. But there is much increase from the strength of an ox. I'm so grateful for all those moments that God walked me through to learn what it means to be vulnerable. I'm grateful for all those moments that God walked me through to learn that I don't need to be a Christian acting superman. I've learned, I'm grateful that I could walk the journey of knowing that I'm a real person. I'm ordinary like anybody else. But I have found the grace of God. I have found the grace that makes the difference. I have found the grace upon my natural. That's what makes this thing more. I'm grateful. I don't have to act a part how it seems. So we're living in how it seems. How it seems is not always how it is. 
Um, I just want us to position ourselves. Um, is this helping anybody this morning? How it seems. The goal, so, so I, 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 sometimes I'm asking people, um, have you preached to anybody about Jesus recently? You say, you know, I'm trying to, you know, arrange the words and, you know, I, I'm just, when I mature as a Christian, I will be able to. The goal is not clean net. The goal is functional. <laughs> Somebody walked up to Dio Moody and she said many years ago, and she said to him, she said, Dio Moody, I, I don't like, I don't like how you evangelize. I don't like your method of preaching to people and all of that. He, he said, I also don't like it. Tell me, how do you do it? She said, I don't do it. He said, I prefer my bad method of doing it to your method of not doing it. The goal is functionality. God used a stammering Moses to liberate Israel from Egypt. Did you hear what I just said? God used a stammerer. Eh? If you think the goal is for Moses to be able to walk in and say, Hey, Pharaoh, now I have two things to tell you. Number one, Pharaoh, do you realize that you have locked up God's people and kept their backs to the ground in spite of your background? Do you think it's spoken word that released Israel from Egypt? It was a stammerer, anointed of God. Are you hearing me today? The goal is not your eloquence. The goal is to say, I need functionality. So people, people tell me all the time things like, you know, uh, you know <laughs> I'm amazed at our Christian generation. So people are so big on, you know, don't preach the gospel. Uh, it's not, the gospel is not fear-driven. Don't preach, don't preach condemnation to people. Okay, I, I know the gospel is not fear-driven. I know. I know. I also agree. It's love-driven. I know. But in the final analysis, if I get somebody to heaven by fear, he will come back and say thank you. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the final analysis, this is a conversation of heaven and hell. You're telling me you did. If this building is burning and somebody runs in and says, your father, your father, your father, get out. Anything that gets me out, I'm grateful. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the final analysis, this is a conversation of eternity. The destiny of souls. This is a conversation of scrolling through people on your phone. That one encounter with Jesus can change the eternity. This is a conversation of changing families. Of you say, you know, talking about pe- talking to people about like faith and like church. I'm kind of careful, careful, careful. And just I know the time, you know. <laughs> I, I just I just know that they can watch how I live. They can watch how I live. <laughs> We, we don't feel the weight of these things. We think the goal is clean net. The goal is not clean net. The goal is, I mean, at some point, at some point, you might even jump into the river yourself and carry the fish at some point. The goal is the increase. The goal is to see somebody who is a sinner find Jesus. The goal is to see a life perishing get healed. The goal is to restore a family and restore hopes of generations. The goal is to change what some children are going to grow up in. The goal is to give another generation hope where there's hopelessness. The goal is to take away the brokenness like only Jesus can and give hope and give life and give peace and give joy. The goal is to see somebody encounter God and live in purpose and live in the plans of God for them. That is my goal. I really don't care how eloquent you are about it. At some point, we need to reach functionality over cleanliness. Um, there's so much increase that we can that we can be walking in the clothes oh, thank you Lord there's so much increase that if we overcome idolizing neatness 
I believe that we can win. We can win this year. We can win for people in our world. Some, let me tell you the truth. Some of you just need a friend that is honest enough with you. That is not concerned about the cleanliness of net. Some of you need a friend to tell you. I'm sorry. Show the Do you understand? Some of, that's what some of you need. That's what some of you need. But we, you know, how do you feel? I'm not saying be rude. Okay, Christianity is not rude. It's kind. But kind is not nice. You understand what I'm saying? Kindness is not niceness. One day I was in the hospital. My daughter had a deep cut a couple of years ago. And I remember holding her down. Holding her down. She was screaming. And I remember holding her down. And the doctor stitching it. <clears throat> ah. That day I knew the difference between being nice and being kind. <clears throat> My son broke two of his teeth. Dad, his gum was broken. They said, who is going to hold? My wife was, that was one day, another day I saw her cry. She was crying, so she said, I helped my son like this. It's a difference between nice and kind. Kindness is, I want your best. Niceness is, I care about how you feel about me. In that moment, I really don't care how you feel about me. I want the best for you. I think sometimes, even in our conversations, we overrate neatness of nets. How did you feel about me? What does it mean to be Christian? It's to love. It's to love. It's to love. Recently, I called some of my friends. I, I said, you... <laughs> okay. So, don't be rude. Being rude is not being Christian. But don't lose the truth to the neatness of the package. Don't lose the power of the gospel to packaging style don't for nothing, don't idolize neatness don't be a silent Christian a silent Christian is an embarrassment to the grace of God an embarrassment to the grace that saved you a silent Christian is an embarrassment I would say that a million times if you need me to a silent Christian is an embarrassment to the grace that saved us a Samaritan woman I call it question, preached a whole city to Jesus. I've been living with five, I've married to five, living with six. She ran into the city. She said, she, see, there's something about encountering Jesus that makes you loud. If you find Jesus and he makes you silent, it's not Jesus you found. There's something, Jesus will command people, I've healed you. He will say, don't tell anybody. Uh-uh. If you are blind and somebody opens your eyes and he warns you not to tell anybody, if for the sake of losing, of, of, of you know, repercussion, I will not, t- do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Help me this way. Uh, if only for repercussion, somebody, somebody, you are lame. Somebody says, stand up. You know, you know, I say, don't tell anybody. I would be feeling that. If I now tell someone, maybe the lameness will come back. Do you understand? Jesus will tell them, don't tell them. The Bible says immediately they went and they began to tell everybody. They, you, you can't encounter Jesus and be quiet with Jesus. It's like fire in your bones. You are trying to hold it. It's, 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 say church was a blessing today. And all you have to show out of a service is the person that styled your hair. You didn't find Jesus. You, you met friends that are nice. You didn't find Jesus. We can't encounter Jesus. The Samaritan woman ran into the city. He said, I found, come and see a man. Could he be? She was not sure. She questioned, preached the city to Jesus. Could he be the Christ? I love even me. I'm trying to figure. What I was talking so yeah, you know, I love all this. I say I'm an atheist. <laughs> Number one, you're foolish. But but 
So, so he said, I'm questioning. I said, even me, I have question. Even me. That is why I want to make heaven. So I will ask God my question. <laughs> even me. But let's get there. I have questions. But I have enough to know the reality. If I understand everything the way God understands, then I should be God. I will impeach him. So me, I will know how they are. Do you understand? You see how they are trying to hold our bro in White House now from releasing something. You know everything. Okay. So, Tim, come. Let me close this morning. I, I need to close. Let me just make two statements to you as I close. Um, two thoughts as I close. Number one. Okay, so I said number one. Uh, has this helped anybody today? I hope it has. <laughs> I wanted to say to you that I'm, I, I want you to know that there's grace for the ox. On one hand, as you think about the ox and the dirt that it brings, the second thing I want you to know is that there's grace for the ox. There's grace for the ox. Do you know what song you're singing for me? All right. There's grace for the ox. There's grace for the ox. Um, somebody, you might just want to say this to yourself. I'm graced for the ox. I'm graced for the ox. Maybe you're looking at your trough right now. You're thinking about everything that ox looks like. I just want you to know that you're graced for it. I, I was thinking about this and thinking about Jesus on his way to the cross in the weight of the purpose of God. And the Bible says as Jesus was carrying the cross and the weight was heavy on him. I love the wordings when you read it in the Gospels. The Bible says that a man called Simon of Cyrene was just passing by. And they called Simon and they said, come and carry this cross. I, I love it. Simon, the son of Rufus, he was just passing by. I love how God orchestrates timings right when we need it. The truth is in the weight of purpose sometimes it feels overwhelming but I want you to know that God has ordered steps right there as a supply of his grace. The strength you need will be right on time. The wisdom you need will be right on time. Some of you hearing about the ox are thinking about decisions you need to make, are thinking about things you need to do, even setups you need to do. For some of you it's the extent of what would even happen in your business this year and the kind of leadership you need for the extent of what God is going to do in your business and what God is going to do in the work of your hands. For some of you it's a calling of God that you want to say yes to and give yourself to and you're thinking how will I be trained how will I know what to do how will I go about it I want you to know that right on time God still has timely help God still has timely help for his purpose over your life I want you to know that God still has timely interventions timely help timely wisdom timely supplies timely grace God's purpose will never be limited by resource God's purpose will never be limited by we don't have we don't know God's purpose will never be limited friends I want you to know that God is still in the business of bringing right on time help there is grace for the ox in your trough there's grace for the ox in your trough I know it's going to be some more work cleaning up and doing all that stuff and sometimes you look at yourself people my age are not even dealing with things like this people my age my colleagues at work are not even having to do all of this and maybe you're thinking about it in that perspective of the more and how can I I'm, I'm barely 25 I'm barely 21 I, I'm even too young for all of this I want you to know friend that there is grace for the ox there's grace for the ox Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them I love the thought I love the thought do you know that God prepared this ahead do you know that God already saw the good works do you know that God already saw the story of increase do you know that God had already lined your pathway and he said this is the very thing you were made for this is the very thing you were born for this is the very story of 2021 this is not you trying to say how can 2021 be a great year no this is God saying I have already planted a great year I've already planted a year of purpose and I want to walk you in it 
we are created God made good works in advance in advance in advance for us to walk in them God already has the plan God will already give the grace there is timely help some of you need to know right at that junction you are thinking but I'm I'm planning my marriage and how is it going to work I, I need you to know there is a grace at every junction that is going to litter your pathway some of you have questions about how is tomorrow going to be I want you to know worry not about tomorrow it has its own worries but there is a grace in every day new every morning is his faithfulness new every morning is his mercy and the last thing I hope I can say to you this morning number one is that we don't want to idolize neatness as you walk the journey of this year I pray you would remember it in May I'm not idolizing neatness I am pursuing functionality and number two everything you ever wake up to I've had times that I've woken up and, and honestly this is beyond me this is beyond me one thing that is never beyond me is to be able to reach out to God again one thing that is never beyond me is to be able to say God this is unprecedented but I know there is grace that is unprecedented God has yet done all that he can do one thing that is never beyond me is to be able to say God one more day I need your help and so there is grace for the ox whatever your ox is going to look like your marriage raising your children uh, um, doing your job um, whatever your ox is going to look like there is grace for your ox somebody can you just say that this morning I am graced for this I'm 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 graced for this you know there's just, there's just something about knowing we, we, we're traveling from Ibadan to Lagos and we know that we, we are going to need 50 liters of oil we're going to need 50 liters of oil and we only have 10 liters of oil but our God is so good he doesn't need to give us 50 liters of oil here no he doesn't he doesn't need to do that but he needs to ensure that where your 10 liters get to there is more supply that that's how our God works and so some of you are traveling and saying but it's dark ahead I can't see the full picture it's like it's like going from Ibadan to Lagos and you put on the headlights of a car when you put on the headlights of your car to start driving you are not going to see Lagos you're only going to see maybe 10 meters all right but as you travel the 10 meters you see another 10 meters and then as you travel that you see another so there's a picture of Lagos in my heart but in front of me is enough to run with when the trust and in the confidence that grace is always going to be right on time grace is always going to be right in the moment grace is never going to leave me abandoned I'm not going to get to a day of my life where I say, ah, if only grace came earlier. If only grace came when I needed it. If only, no, 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 come on. Far be it from our God. Our God is a very present help in time of need, people. I'm graced for this. I'm graced for this. Whatever the ox is, I'm graced for this. I'm graced for this. I'm anointed for this. I'm empowered to lead as I need to. I'm anointed for the conversations I need to stand in. Now the third thing that I'll say is that I don't idolize neatness. I'm graced for the ox. But thirdly, my hope is beyond the ox. My hope is beyond the ox. My hope is beyond the ox.
my hope yeah it's beyond the ox 2 Corinthians chapter 4 let me just read two scriptures and I'll be done 2 Corinthians chapter 4 let me walk you through from verse 16 2 Corinthians chapter 4 therefore we do not lose heart help me look at somebody around you this morning say don't lose heart don't lose heart don't let the ox overwhelm you don't let the weight of the ox overwhelm you because even though our outward man is perishing yet 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 we're dealing with all these things where we're having to put our hands and clean up and it's weighing on my outward man says yet the inward man is God is doing a work in me day by day now verse 17 where I'm going for our light affliction have you ever dealt with the weight of the ox and felt like this is heavy it seems heavy it is not what it seems friend it seems heavy what it seems is not always what it is it seems heavy it seems it has always been it seems it would always be listen to that our light affliction which is but for a moment friends we have a hope beyond the ox we have a hope beyond all of this it is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight I love this weight of glory do, do you know what I want you to know I want you to look at that everybody and I want you to know two things God wants you to remember whatever you walk with as you're dealing with the mess of the ox as you're dealing with the pressure you face maybe for you it's tension of being a Christian whatever it is number one God says it is light affliction it is light affliction and number two he says it is but for a moment this too shall pass I still believe with all my heart as I long for my hope in Jesus that one day he's going to wipe away every tear from my eye one day there will be no more night one day I will be with him and just as he is I will be I still believe friends this is just the face this is just the moment you might be broke right now but thank God you are not broken you may be wrecked right now but thank God it's just the moment it's just the moment it's just the moment it's just the season maybe you're feeling the tension of following Jesus right now I pray you would remember I pray you would remember it's just for a moment you're carrying your cross and you're feeling like carrying this cross is heavy on me I pray you would remember it is just for a moment now let me encourage you with Romans 8 and verse 18 as I close this morning I needed to get here I needed to get here for I consider my question to you this morning is having said all how do you consider it what do you judge what is your conclusion Paul says you know what I see the ox I see the pressure Paul says now this is my own consideration that the sufferings of this present time hey can we be honest sometimes Christians we have sufferings yeah oh come on glory to God somebody was asking me recently what does suffering mean because I'm not in like some Arabic country where they're cutting off our head I said Christian suffering is everything you go through to follow Jesus for some of you it is the names you are called it is the disciplines of waking up every day to follow him it's the pressures of dealing with work and keeping your walk with God Christian suffering is everything you go through to follow Jesus but Paul says I consider I've weighed these things I have checked it out I've looked at the weight of me I know that man this thing is heavy I cry I cry I cry 
not ashamed to say I cry. I sometimes I lose it, sometimes I spark. But uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. The sufferings of this prayer time are not worthy. He didn't say that the glory is more. He didn't say that the glory, it will be a tight contest, but the glory would eventually be more. No, he said they are not worthy. It can't even be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can I encourage somebody today? Because of Jesus, there's glory in this story. It's not a story of oxen. It's not a story of the mess. It's a story of a savior who is revealing his glory in us. They're not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. We're starting out tomorrow on a third journey. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory revealed in us. I'm hungry for the glory of God. I'm hungry for more than what is human. I'm hungry for what only God can do. I'm hungry for a God story. I'm hungry for the weight of heaven upon my natural. I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for what only God can do. And as we walk through the sufferings of this present time, it is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. In Jesus' name, do you receive God's word? Can we give him the praise for the glory? Can we give him the praise for what is to come, for what is ahead? Already won. Already won. I know. 
God, we as a people declare confidence in you, God. And in the midst, Lord, of the pressures and the tensions of building again, in the midst of, Lord, the ox in our trough, God, still we declare confidence in you, God, that you will never be shaken. God, we trust in you. We thank you that you're a God we can hope in. Lord, our hope is not in what's going on around us. Our hope is in a Savior who is for us. Our hope is in what you have once and for all done upon that cross 2,000 years ago. That is an assurance and a promise of life beyond deadness, of hope beyond despair, of joy beyond pain. We thank you, God, because it's who you are. It's who you've always been and it's who you would always be for us. And therefore, Lord, we lift up our heads in this confidence that you will finish what you've begun. You are the God who will walk us through every day, walk us through every journey. You are the God of our journeys. You are the God of our process. You are the God of all that we walk through. You are the God of mountains and of valleys. You are the God of highs and of lows. You are the God of all supply. You are the God of every day and of every season of our life. And we thank you. We honor you as this. We give you the glory, God. We thank you because our hearts are strong and are confident and are trusting in you. We thank you, Father, because you will be that that hope, that sound of heaven over us again and again and again. When there's nothing to look around to you will be the God that we can find and I thank you for it Father I give you the glory God in Jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. can I can I ask that we just stay standing in the building and can I just increase your indulgence wherever you are this morning I want to make an invitation somebody is in church today whether in the building or online anywhere you're in church today and you can't confidently say that you're in the right place with God I don't know who you are or how you came about being in church today but I want to hand you a moment I believe Jesus loves you I believe Jesus is for you he's not against you maybe you're thinking I've let him down I'm far away it really doesn't matter today is the day of salvation today is the day when you can say yes and and he would welcome you with arms wide open today can be that day when your sins will be forgiven and you would boldly walk out of those doors this morning saying i am a child of god what a privilege what a joy and you are one decision away from it what if i told you you are just a decision away from setting your way right with an almighty god who made everything i want you to take it today i don't know who you are or how you came about being in church this morning maybe you're following anywhere online this morning i want to ask this morning are you in the right place with God there's only one way you can be it's through Jesus he's the one who died a death you deserve to die so you can have a life you never deserve to have there's only one way you can be made right with God it's through Jesus and if anybody in this building today says you know what I'm right with God there's only one way it's through Jesus we made this decision and that's what set our way right I don't know who you are but if you say you know what you're speaking to me I'm not living right I'm living in the guilt of sin of shame of condemnation I'm far away from God I know it as we speak today maybe at some point you had made a decision but as we speak today you know it you're far away from God I'm going to request everybody in the building would we just close our eyes and bow our heads and I'm going to count to three on the count of three I want you to put your hand on your chest wherever you are if you're in the room if you're at home anywhere watching service with friends anywhere I want you to put your hand on your chest wherever you are as a sign and a statement of I'm coming to God I need this God I need your forgiveness I need your grace I need a new beginning I need to be reconciled with God through Jesus say that's me you're speaking to me are you ready one two and three wherever you are put your hand on your chest let him see you god bless you if you're doing that in the room this morning if you're at home anywhere just put it let him see you god bless you it's a miracle god bless you you initiated a miracle right there because of what jesus has done god bless you god bless you it's a new beginning god bless you anybody else want to join him before we pray and if you're at home anywhere please do it don't think it in your mind do it just put your hand on your chest 
And let's say a prayer together. I'm going to ask that the whole church family joins in. This is a family, not a crowd. Can we all join in together this morning? Can we say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. So I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. Say today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my savior. Say I give everything to follow you. I will live for you. I'll stand for you. So please fill me with your grace and I'll never be the same. One day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Who loves the sound of a miracle? Can we celebrate it this morning? Big congratulations to everybody who prayed that prayer. You know what? We want to give you a gift. Whether you're in the room or you're online, I would love us to be able to give you this Fresh Life devotional. It's a new start. It's eight days, and eight, an eight-day plan just to help you, to get you started in walking with Jesus. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to just do all we can to serve you and help you in that journey. If you prayed that prayer in the room, on your way out, there are going to be guys waving this at the back. Just tell them, I prayed that prayer. They'd love to, to hand you a copy. It's free of charge. They'd love to ask, how can we pray for you? What can we do to serve you? How can we help you? But please make sure you pick it up before you go and if you're online anywhere there's already a link wherever you're following service let's know you prayed the prayer we'll send you resources just to get you established but one more time can we just celebrate everybody who has made that decision that miracle we are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo church ibadan nigeria we really hope you found it to be a blessing to find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokwai Moody, please visit our website, www.sikamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.